check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy Super Value Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value Virginia. Supporting local. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast on We Are Calvin. On this week's show, we're going to be looking back on part one of this week's show. Anyway, we're going to be looking back on the Cullies Craft Bakery Junior Championship Final where Ballamacue recorded a memorable victory over Drummalee. We'll be looking back on the Hotel Kilmer Intermediate Championship Final where Shercock picked up the Tommy Gilroy Cup at the hands of Bally Hayes. Uh, We'll also be looking at the All-County Football League games that are going on and were due to go on a couple of weeks ago, having a discussion about the uh, the cancellations of or the maybe conceding of games at this time of year and how it seems to be something that is skewing the table um, in these competitions in the latter stage. And uh, we'll be discussing Cavan going out to look for an under-17 football manager. So I'm delighted to be joined by Paul Fitzpatrick, sports editor with the anglo Cell Paul. Uh, Wednesday's a rest day for you, but, but I always manage to drag a wee bit of work out of you. Yeah, you're sound like that, Damien. Yeah, fair decent, fair decent. Looking back on, on, I suppose you were making a point last week that there was going to be no uh, unpopular winner in the in the junior championship, but a lot of people would have had a soft spot for McHugh given how close they've been for so many years, and and they they finally got over the line, and and we're the better team on the day. Yeah, no, definitely, you couldn't begrudge it to McHugh. I thought they were definitely the better team. They played very well. And it was it was funny because um, I, I mentioned last week how Stephen Baxter said that they hadn't done much strength and conditioning work, <laughs> and Liam Liam Buchanan said to me after the game that uh, that he had listened to the podcast and that he laughed to himself because they had been in the gym all year. And later on after the game, I went out to the Kilmore to catch up with Stephen Baxter to get his reaction because I missed him after the, after the final whistle with the celebrations and everything else. And he was at the table with some of the Ballymacue players for their post-match meal. And I went over and asked him, could we just go outside and do an interview? And as he got up, one of the players says, tell, tell him about the strength and conditioning. <laughs> so there was obviously a big joke with the Ballymacue lads. I, I knew from seeing them earlier on in the campaign that they had put in a lot of work. They were, they were much stronger physically and faster and better conditioned than they had been last year. And like that was the main difference in the teams. I thought they were, they were in a lot of key positions that just had the edge on pace on Drummond and I, I thought it's no coincidence that Drummond's best player on the day was probably John O'Connor. And he's probably their, their quickest player. Mm. Uh, maybe along with Lee Don, he's very fast. And he did trouble the Barry McHugh defence. But I didn't think that that Drummond just had enough pace about them. Now, the other thing was Drummond dominated the first 15 minutes. And all the talk was that they had been slow to start in so many games um, in the league and in the championship. They'd been very slow to start. And it was clear that, that they had really... Uh, pinpointed that and said we were going to get off to a, to a fast start here and they got off to a really brilliant start they dominated the first 15 minutes but they couldn't score so there was an error Keenborn missed a couple of frees that he'd normally tap over there was a lot of nerves on the Drummond side and they just didn't make that purple patch count and when Bally McHugh got on top they took all their chances like Bally McHugh went 38 minutes before they kicked the first wide which is exactly what mm-hmm. you want in a final like it was it was dream stuff for any manager in a final for his team to be taking their chances the way they did <clears throat> so I thought the best team won it um, I thought Liam Buchanan came into the game well in the second half as well it wasn't really in the game that much in the first half but in the second half he came into it very well so I think I think uh, 
Bally McHugh will do all right in intermediate. They're not one of these teams that's going to just scrape up and come back down. I think they've, because they've been building for so long, like it's the old Val Dunican joke, it took them five years to become an overnight success. And I think they're yeah. well poised to go up and, and do pretty well. Corner Fane showed last year that the, the jump up isn't that huge. And like certainly Bally McHugh would, would fancy their chance of making the knockout stages in intermediate next year. For Drummer Lee, it's back to the drawing board, I suppose. But they do have an awful lot of experience. They could probably do it freshening it up a little bit um, if they could get two, maybe one or two more lads to come in from the underage ranks, it probably would make the difference, and they'd probably get back up to intermediate. But uh, the longer you stay down there, the harder it is to get out of it. So they'll, they'll be looking to get over as quickly as they can, and hopefully for their sake, they'll keep all those fellas on. The black card to Philip McCardle was a blow as well. We should mention that because I thought he was defending very well. And he had a very good championship fullback, mm. and when he went off, that was a blow as well to to Drummley. But in the final analysis, I think Bally McHugh deserved a win. Um, it was the first. Now, as far as I knew, it was the first time Ballymacue ever won the the junior title. Seemingly, they did win the junior championship in 1921. Yeah, the program differs. Told. Yeah, but seemingly the the, the uh, that championship was taken off them because they played their full forward line was three fellas from Granard, all of whom were illegal way back, nearly a hundred years ago now. But some. Some places you'll see them credited with that championship, and some places you won't. So that well, one's up the, for debate. But well, the county board, was, the county board had, I presume, that they produced the program, and Ballymacue was on it, um, having won that championship. Gonna, all right, there you go, there so, you go. Yeah. So, but so, but people in Ballymacue would tell you that that they were they actually no. lost that championship. They didn't get the cup in the end up, but because there was objections. Anyway, regardless, it's their first championship at that level possibly ever and certainly for nearly a century so you couldn't begrudge it to them uh, Stephen Baxter also made the point that their last two championships their last three championships have been 18 years apart so the one in interme- intermediate in 81 the one in intermediate in 99 and now they've won a junior in 2017 so the the challenge now for them is to make sure it's not another 18 years but the club is in a good place I was going to say roll on for- roll on 2035 <laughs> yeah get your money there now <laughs> looking, looking at the game and and, and it was funny Sunday night I, I went out and had a couple of drinks with the Drummer Lee lads and they 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 alluded to the point that you've made there as well about the first 15 minutes and how Drummer Lee didn't didn't take the chances that were in front of them and and I didn't get talking to the captain and the McCormick but their point was had we the wind and started like that we probably would have went five or six points up and maybe it would have been the difference in the end sometimes it's it's hard to know is it best to play with the wind? Does it does it dictate whether you're underdog or you're 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 the favourites? You know, is is it that you you feel you're fitter or you're you're not fitter? There's so many things that that can hamper your decision when you're deciding to play with or against the wind. Yeah, it's a sort of decision that you can only make in hindsight, really. But the, what's what's certain is that Bally McHugh, the way they were playing, getting so many men back, that uh, getting the lead up with the wind was perfect for them because. They, they were getting a lot of men back. Even though Drummond had the win, Bally McHugh were, not, were never going to concede very much. And they didn't really cre- concede very many goal chances either. So Drummond finished strong and got a couple of points near the end. But I thought Bally McHugh were full merit for a four-point win. Like They possibly were five or six, seven points better. Like Although they, they did get their goals at the right time, yeah. as well, it has to be said. Just, just when Drummond looked like they were coming back into it, I think they got it back to maybe three. And Bally McHugh went up and got a goal. So, But... 
all in all, I think you couldn't you couldn't say they didn't deserve it. They definitely were the, the deserving winners on the day. Yeah, I suppose l- looking at the the Ballymacue side, you'd you'd have to there's there's party you'd have to smile. Richie Fitzsimons having such a good game, eighteen years on from winning an intermediate medal. Like those are the stories that that really only happen in the GA. Yeah, yeah, and only in club level you get that too. Like it was, it's phenomenal. Um, it was great. It was great to see it. You know, it was great for the club. It's great to see the, the trophies being shared around because a trophy means so much to any club, especially after a wait. And like Richie Fitzsimons played his best game of the year. I saw him several times, and he was excellent. His two points from play were top class, and he kicked two good frees. James Cairn did, did very well too. James Smith, like, there were quite a good few good young players there, like Baxter, Buchanan. Uh, obviously, we know Mark Cairn, James Smith, um, Darrell Cairn, mostly Gary Kelly Dylan. as well. Only young. Dylan Cairn as well these boys are 20 odd like you know early 20s some of them so mm. they, they do have a very good mix the, the, the mix that you want I suppose you know to think if they're going to go on and win an intermediate championship they probably would need to have a really young profile any team that comes up from junior and challenges for intermediate straight away generally does it with a very young team and Arva was a good example of that like they had an awful lot of fellas in their early 20s there's while there's a lot of fellas in their early 20s in the Bally McHugh team there's a lot of fellas in their authorities or fellas yeah. like that mightn't bother playing next year that have really given it a lot in the last few years so um, uh, Stephen Baxter said it himself that, that there's there's a wave of you know four or five class players and a really class underage team as good as anything to come out of Bally McHugh coming through and they're all 15, 16 so and Michael Tynion the drummer league manager funnily enough had a big part to play in that and bringing those through because he lives in Bally McHugh mm-hmm. so um, it'll be It'll probably be a few years before they can challenge for intermediate if they can stay there. But uh, you just never know what way it's going to go. Like it, it goes in, it goes in waves, and especially with country clubs, it, co- it comes in cycles. So it's up to them there to make the most of it. Well, they they have a lot of the hard work done. They've the first championship under their belt. They have to consolidate now and bring through the next crop and see can they kick on. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, look, congratulations to to McHugh, as you said, or a popular winner um, at the weekend, and commiserations to to my own lads in in Drumalee, friends and and family involved. No doubt they'll be back again to to compete for it next year. Romar Energy offer the best energy solutions for your home and business. We offer A-rated condensing boilers for gas and oil, solar thermal water heating systems and cost-effective systems for generating heat. So if you want us to help you cut your fuel bill by 50%, check out romarenergy.ie. Romar Energy, working towards a greener planet. Looking for somewhere for a post-match pint? To catch up on the crack and discuss the game? Why not call into Michael Mooney at the Sleeve Ross Bar, College Street in Cavan Town? The Sleeve Ross is famed for its warm, friendly atmosphere and great pints. So drop into Michael and staff today. You won't be disappointed. Moving on to the Hotel Kilmore Intermediate Championship final, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go for the brag on this one again, Paul. You called Ballyhays last week. I called Shercock. You know what? What, what can I say? Two eleven to one nine. So, sometimes I'm just good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I think. And Shercock I say sometimes. Been, sometimes, yeah, very rarely. <laughs> I think Shercock. 
has been the story of the season in Cavan. No matter what happens, unless maybe Castellan can win the senior, um, Shearcock are the story of the season. At the start of this year, they couldn't barely get 15 players out for games. And the manager was saying after that he had to he had to go and get players back from retirement. He had to get fellas back from Dubai, like Dean O'Reilly, and fellas coming home from England. And the, the club looked to be in a little bit of disarray. Fair enough, they didn't have their county players maybe at training a lot of nights. And you do need that when you have a couple of them. But it just goes to show you the time they run to perfection. And maybe there's a lesson there for everyone else. Like It is a marathon, not a sprint. And Shercook improved and improved and improved. And in the end up, you know, they got the job done. They scored 2-11. The incredible thing about it was that Ballyhills didn't score a point from play. Nobody, nobody saw that coming. And I have to say, whatever luck was going, Shercook got it. I'm not taking away from Shercook. I thought, I thought it was a tremendous win for Shercook. But Ballyhills were very unlucky in terms of the ball hitting the post. Like when the ball hits the post, that's that's unlucky. They even out, I suppose, but you know, four or five times mm-hmm. they hit the post, including with a penalty. They had another great effort saved off the line. You know, they they lost their their most important player, Parik Moore, um, to injury. And we, we knew coming into the game how important he was. And, you know, there was a, a case study in that in the semi final against Batorba when they were thirty nine up with the game nearly over, lost him and, and ended up hanging on to win by a point. So you know, when he went off, suddenly it just, there was a feeling, Jesus, Shercock are going to do this. And they were really up for it. And we did say last week that probably the key reason they had got to the final, they always struggled for firepower. But it was like they had invented a new forward in this championship, especially in the knockout stages. And that was Niall Lerkin. He just found his form. He got, he got his confidence. And he was just a new man. And he was absolutely brilliant in the, in the knockout stages of this championship, and particularly last Sunday. When you look back through the notes... Like the influence that fella had on, on the match was incredible. Mm. Like he, he scored the first goal, he set up the second goal, he laid it off for Lee Clark and put it on a plate for Lee and he smashed it to the net. When they when they went over twenty minutes without scoring in the second half, it was Clarkon who came up with a with a wonder point from forty five metres to get them going again. He somehow won that last ball um, between two Ballyhays men at the end. I don't know how he did it. I'd love to see it again. And, and even, it even just even just to hammer on to that point, he, he Niall Clerken is, I would suggest, 5'10", 5'11", maybe in height. Not not a very big, tall man. Coming up against Sean McCormick, who is 6'1", 6'2", maybe. A big, strong man, a lot bigger, a lot heavier. And I would say that that was a 60-40 ball in favour of McCormick. Now, it wasn't that McCormick pulled out. It was that the reaction of Clerken was that much quicker. I was up in Shercock today and a, a, a shopkeeper said to me, you know, that's the county training because a year ago he wouldn't have made that ball. He wouldn't, Sean McCormick would have been landing at the ball at the same time and because of physicality he'd have won it. But that county training brought Niall Clerken on to that level that, that he won a ball he had no right to win and then win a second one straight away after the ball spilled playing it soccer style. Like, you know, that county trainer really stood the Niall Clerken on the crucial day for his club. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at the Hogan Stand uh, Cavan page here at the minute and there's a photograph on it, on that report, if you, if anyone wants to, to look at it. And there's a picture of Mar- Marcus Duffy, who's a big lad as well, and he's coming in to, to shoulder Niall Clerken. And you can see Clerken's right leg and he's just tensed as he has the ball under his arm. And the, the, the definition on the fella is unbelievable. Like, he's a born athlete. He's, He's bulging with muscles, like uh, yet there's not an ounce of fat on him, and he's not one of these fellas who's overly muscle bound or sort of that it looks like he's kind of overdone the weights. He's the, just the key phrase is lean. Just, 
Yes, he's lean and he's he's just an athlete to to his core. Like, and you you can see you can see that in him. I interviewed him after the game briefly on the pitch, like, and he he said an interesting thing at the very end of, of it. I only grabbed him for a minute or two because he was in the middle of celebrations, and I said, uh, "Is this your greatest day in football?" And he goes, "Yeah, it, it is so far, but you never know what would happen." And I was mm-hmm. very impressed with that statement because he wasn't getting carried away, and you'd know by him. And he also referenced 2013, and he said, "I I never forgot the pain of losing that game." And he he said this this leaves it, and it just it was very impressive. I just thought this is a ve- this is a very smart fella and a, a very diligent fella who's who's uh, ambitious and wants to achieve in the game. Like, and I think Niall Thurkin will. But seeing what he did on Sunday in that pressure situation, I think he's a fella that that is going to go on and be a top player. Like, in hindsight, you know, he he had his critics this year during the year. Like like every county player does have their critics, and that goes with with it. It's part of the territory, but. He had his critics this year. Some people were saying that they couldn't understand why he was on the Cavan team, um, but you can see now why he was he was on the Cavan team. Mm. And it, it was difficult to throw fell in to the county senior team in Division One of the National League in his first year, hand them a start in Jersey. You are asking a lot, mm. and in, in hindsight now you can see the ability that he has. And he's a new man now since since the National League because his confidence is there. And I thought it was very exciting as a Cavan supporter. It was very exciting because. You know, as you always say, I mean, you can't coach speed, like, and he has it. You can improve on speed and you can improve on conditioning, but he has just raw blistering pace, and uh, he's got unbelievable endurance. I remember interviewing Owen McGuire, the Cavan strength and conditioning man last year, and he described him as a genetic freak. Like, he, 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 his top speed was so much faster than other players, but the length of time that he could run at that top speed was also way faster. Mm. It was incredible that he, he can he can sprint for longer than fellas can jog. In yeah. way, like not exactly like that, but you know, very close, close to that. that. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's incredible. Like, so it was brilliant. But I mean, you have to give credit to the likes of Brian Sankey as well, Killian Clark. Uh, we know all about those lads. Like, I mean, they have done it for Cavan on big, big games, under twenty ones and minors, and they're they're class acts as well. Like, but the other man who stood out, like you're talking about the best club footballers of Cavan. Who, if you were to pick a team of club footballers in Cavan, who mightn't have played county football. Damien McIntyre, I think he's brilliant. Mm. Wing half back for Shercock, like, like another great athlete. Constant he has to be one of the best club footballers. Oh, unbelievable! Like, and he's he's been doing it every game. He did it against Rangoon, come up, got a couple of points. He did it against Den, come up, got a couple of points. I think he got two points on Sunday. Um, let me got just at check least that. one in anyway. He definitely got it. I think he got two. Right. He got two. Yeah. So yeah. that like phenomenal stuff. Like so. Um, and then centre so, half forward, I thought it was a very good game. Ryan Clerken as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, he he's an exceptionally good player as well. Like so, look, we have to, we have to give credit to Bally Hayes too. They stuck at it. Like they never dropped the heads. They got things were going against them, and they got back level and and managed to keep Shercock scoreless for over twenty minutes in the second half when Sher- when Shercock had the wind. Like that that took doing. Like I, I thought they ran out of luck. Um, mm. And David Brady in particular. Funny enough, like if David Brady had took his chances, that he. His performance would have been talked about as one of the great county final performances of recent years. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's a funny thing because a, a number of people that have spoken to this week on on um, the intermediate final have said, "Oh, you know, David Brady, he had a poor game." And I, no, as I was saying to them, he 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 had a poor return from the chances he created, but he put himself in so many good positions, and that's not easy done. You know, he was getting the attention of Killian Clark and was, if not getting the better of at least breaking even from open play with Killian Clark, which is no easy task. So while while I can I can see their point that he missed an awful lot of scoring chances, 
that first one he, he he was within a couple of inches of executing it absolutely perfectly and maybe that stunted his confidence but at least he had the guts to continue to come back not to hide for the rest of the game so yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't yeah. buy into that that he had a bad game no no I agree with you I think his reputation was also after that game and uh, I'm, I'm really as a cabin supporter as well excited really looking forward to watching David Brady's development because he's he's a class act as well like so I you know, Bally has possibly a little bit of hunger, like, and it's very hard to put your finger on it, on that. But possibly that's a little bit of hunger might have been with Sharecock and Bally Hayes. Sometimes the bellies are full when you win something, and it can be just hard to to push it just as hard the next time around. But you well, know, if you they look, give it everything. If you look at it, if you look at it, two points. Okay, one. People are saying, oh, well, they won the Intermediate two years ago. There's a big turnover in players. I, I, I think there's six new players, at least six new players on that team. If you go through your... Well, of the, of the 18 players who played the, the 2015 final uh, against Arva, only nine of them played against Beltorbid in the semi-final. So that's a, right. that's a half, a, new, half yeah. a team has come in there. I know Stephen Smith came on in the final and Barry the Kelly. first we've seen of him, though. That was the first we've seen of him. There was only three minutes at the end of the game. Barry Kelly came on for the last 20 minutes. You know, so I I think there are, there has been a big turnover, and particularly in the backs. Apart yeah. from from Mark Brennan and Shane Briarty, four other outfield backs are under twenty one, and the goalkeepers minor. So it's really a new look team. Like they've lost lads like Eamon Costello and Barry McCrudden, Brendan Lyons. You know, um, yeah. Stephen Smith effectively because he wasn't there all year. Like so, he was the player of the year two years ago. So to get back to the final in itself was good going. Maybe the expectation was a little bit high. When you really scratch the surface, possibly Bally Hayes were overachieving a wee bit to get back to the final. Um, so I, feel, I felt sorry for him. I particularly felt sorry for Shane Briarty, my friend uh, from Hamble, because he's, he was the captain and it's it's tough to lose when you're a captain. But um, he you know, it's just one of those things. I thought he had a brilliant game. Yeah, I thought yeah. he had a brilliant game. He, he, he worked really hard. He covered so much ground. Like And when it was going against him, he really led the charge Like because the backs were under pressure and he stood up tall with a young back line. I think we shouldn't let it go without saying as well that I thought I thought Kevin Tierney came in for for an awful lot of rough treatment. I think he was fouled. He scored seven frees. I think he was fouled himself for five of them. And I thought that that he was clattered from the first ball and possibly could have been a black card. I thought that that uh, it was systematic. I thought Sherrick knew what they were doing and. They rotated it and it reminded me of, of Cavan Gales against Ramon with Conor Bradley earlier in the championship where different players, whether it was preordained or whether it just happened, but it was systematic that different players seemed to is, come over and foul there. Is there, is there a case though, and, and, and again this is me just looking at it from a neutral point of view, that the referee, while he gave a yellow card, I can't think of what the Shercook defender was, but the very first free, I think, that Kevin Tierney got, or maybe it wasn't the very first free, it was underneath the stand to our left-hand side, and it was a pull on the jersey, and Kevin went down, went to ground with with that, and there was no need for him to go to ground. Is there a possibility that maybe the referee said, do you know what, I've been conned a little bit by you, or that a linesman got onto his ear and said, do you know, that was no yellow card, he, he went to ground too easy, that maybe the referee, being human, said, well, I'm not going to fall for this again. Do you know? Can you see the point I'm making? I can, yeah, but I, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't agree with that because I thought I thought most of the times that Tierney was fouled, he got a free. But it was the amount of times he was fouled that, that I had a problem with. Like, like 
like every time, every really every time he got on the ball and tried to make some headway, he was just dragged down. But it was different players that were doing it all the time. How do you stop that? Probably, though? No, you probably can't. Like that's what mm. I'm saying. I don't know. I thought the referee did fine. Like, but you probably can't stop because within the rules, there's only so much a ref can do. Um, and he did dish out some cards and things like that. But you know, that, I suppose that's the nature of the beast. Championship football, like, but. Uh, that was that was really a big part of it as well. You know, Tierney's a brilliant goal scorer, and he was never going to get a sniff of the hole. That was for sure last Sunday because he was he was hacked down long before he got close to it. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Look, that's that's what I suppose that's what it takes to win a championship. Like the cup is in Shercock, and you know it doesn't matter what you have to do to win it. You just have to win it. The the parish had a few tough weeks, and that mm-hmm. was referenced in the build up as well. And Brian Sankey said um, that a, a win would. Give the place a bit of a lift, and it got a lift. Like, and um, I saw a picture of Killian Clark on Instagram, and he was sitting up on top of a signpost or a lamppost or something like that. So the boys had a good few days, and well deserved. So fair play to them, and I just hopefully Ballyheads will be back as well. Yeah. So look from, at it's it's uh, as from, you said, popular winners all around last Sunday. Yeah, from what I'm hearing, the the, the past tense isn't uh, isn't the right tense to be using. And the Shercock <laughs> had a few good days. We're here on a Wednesday afternoon, and I think some of them are still out celebrating, and rightly so. Why not? You you, oh, not? you don't win a championship every year, but congratulations to Shercock and commiserations to to Bally Hayes. But the the one thing that maybe is going unnoticed while we talk about the turnover of players, we're we're maybe um, forgetting the fact that. The, the age profile of that Pally Hayes team is very young, so they're going nowhere. They'll be they'll be there thereabouts. Ah, uh, they'll be back. Yeah, they'll be back, and they have good young lads coming through and a very well run club as well. So they'll be back. But it's Shercock's week, so credit to them. Credit to them is right. Going to just take a quick look at uh, the All County Football League because I've got a bee in my bonnet, Paul, and and you know me when when I have a bee in my bonnet, I get it hard to keep it in my bonnet. Um, <laughs> it's 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 the All County Football League. There's a, there's a round of fixtures this weekend in in a couple of divisions, but last no sorry not last week the weekend before there was three All County Football League division three games that were down for uh, for fixtures and all three games were conceded by one team or the other obviously and so out of those out of those three fixtures not a single game was played now. I, the reason I'm bringing this up this week is that coming up this weekend, I think there's there's maybe seven or eight games in total in the All County Football League to be played. Some of them are are vital; they're important to both teams. Some are only important to one team. And what what what's annoying me is that you're going to see a scenario now that a team will get either promoted or relegated, and we've seen this before on the back of other teams conceding fixtures. And we're back to the same old problem that that if championship happens before the league is is finished out, the league loses its value continually every single year, and you end up with skewed division three, division two, and division one in comparison to senior, intermediate, and junior. Yeah, and it's not a problem unique to Cavan. It goes on in other counties as well. But it, yes, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's not an ideal situation at all. I have to say, like I know you're. You were over a team this year, and it's a sickener. I can imagine it's a sickener when it's not a level playing field, and a league is supposed to be the most level playing field of all because it's a you have a wide sample of games, and you know from, that's what, how you how you decide who goes up, who goes down, and nobody can complain because they've all had the same number of games. But in this instance, they don't all get the same number of games. Some teams get handed wins without even having to play for them, and other teams maybe play that team 
and lose the game. So it's it's completely unfair. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's completely unfair. Like there has to be a way to get that championship played off, um, or get that league played off before the championship. But again, like and I'm involved in making fixtures in handball. It is a thankless job, a very thankless job. It's a tough job making fixtures, and I know that there are volunteers as well that do it on the CCC. But there has to be a way, really. Like I think that should be a prerequisite that the league must be finished before the championship starts, and that's just it. Yeah. And maybe it's a thing. Maybe it's a thing that if they can't get it finished, maybe they need to change the structure of the league that there's less t- league games. Something like that has to be done because the, the the league has to be finished before the championship. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, I, and, and and again, the reason I want to bring it up good and early is that I, I, I genuinely believe now some of the clubs need to look at this and say, do you know what, we, we need to put it into law, put it into the rules that league football is finished before championship starts. Regardless of the consequences, if that means when championship starts we have to go Wednesday, Sunday to Wednesday to get these games played or before the championship starts we have to play the league games Wednesday, Sunday to Wednesday. Whatever the case may be, I think it's vital that that you're going to have the scenario that your league is completed because now don't get me wrong as you alluded to it, it I was over Killing Care this year and Killing Care didn't deserve to get promoted in Division 3 but the reality of the situation mathematically going into last week sorry the weekend before last had Drumgoon lost the game that they were handed or Kildallan lost the game that they were handed Knockbride have to play Shannon Gales and from what I'm hearing they're going to be handed that game as well had they lost those games it brings Killing Care back into the equation mathematically again so that's that's the point that I'm making that that one of those teams will get promoted at the expense of Killing Care who could have made a, a, a playoff now that's that's only in in the team that I know most about but you're going to have the same scenario in, in Division 2 I'm pretty sure that this weekend you've got upcoming fixtures um, in Division Two, where you're, you'll see um, you'll see some of the teams like Kilishandra have to play Swan and Bar. Now whether that has a, an effect on the table, I don't know. Will Swan and Bar field? They've got seven points. Kilishandra only have four points. So you'd imagine that that Kilishandra or that Swan and Bar will be relatively safe. But there's there's a number of other scenarios in that division that you're just saying to yourself, it's um, it's it's just not a fair playing field it's not level you know I'd, I'd like to see the county board maybe address that issue because look at they've they've addressed the championship issue with with the overloading in senior and they've done a brilliant job there bringing it down to 12 teams in the senior championship for 2018 and I think they have to be commended for that but I think the way the league is run is the next thing that needs addressing yeah yeah no I, I agree it definitely needs to be looked at look there's, there's a few things that need to be looked at but it's certainly that I'd say that's probably top of the list at the minute because um, along with, I suppose, well, a whole pile of other things that would do for father for a different podcast. But look, it has to be a priority because it's, it's just unfair. Like, and you can't have that sort of um, inequality in in leagues. And because it's a big thing for a team to lose their status. So you look at the junior final on Sunday. The two teams who completed in Division Two of the league were the teams that made the junior final. Um, they're the only two teams in that junior championship who were in Division Two. Like, and a team could lose their league status over the head of another team just conceding because the game is played at the tail end of the season and wasn't played when it, when everyone else played their game so yeah no it's it, it mightn't seem like a big deal but it is a big deal so yeah I agree with you it should be looked at yeah just definitely just a a, a note to to everybody out there if you're if you're a club delegate or, or at a club meeting that maybe it's something that should be brought up and brought to county board's attention at the end of the day I, I'll, I'll still emphasize the point that 
the county board can only do what the clubs um, mandate them to do. So it 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 has to come from the clubs up. Um, moving on though to another issue that I seen came out. I received an email um, during the week that Cavan are seeking an under seventeen manager, um, which came as a little bit of a surprise to me. That I I would have been under the presumption that John Brady um, was was in term for that having having done his first year getting the uh, getting the Cavan under 17s to an Ulster final the minors to an Ulster final the minors to an All-Ireland semi-final you'd have imagined that that was just a a foregone conclusion that John Brady would, would get year two I don't I don't know the ins and outs of it Damien so I can't really comment too much on, the, on what's going on in that process but all I can say is that I thought John Brady did a great job um, it was the first All-Ireland minor semi-final in 40 odd years um, the under 17s in the first year reached the final and lost to the, to the team that won the All Ireland, Tyrone. And fair enough, they were well beaten on the day, but that was an exceptionally good Tyrone team, um, who were really should have should have beaten Mead by about 25 points in the semi final. I was at that game in Breffney. That was a really really good uh, Tyrone team, and Mead had beaten Dublin twice in that competition. So that'll tell you the standard of them. And the fact that the Miners, okay, they lost with 12 points in the end to Kerry. There was only five points in it with a couple of minutes to go and they were on the rampage. I'm not saying they were going to win it, but 12 points certainly flattered Kerry and Kerry went on and absolutely slaughtered Derry in, in the All-Ireland final. So I, I, I don't know what's going on with that under-17 job, no idea, but certainly uh, John Brady did a great job. You couldn't argue with, with the with the job that he did. Like Maybe maybe if you're going to judge him by the standards of a Kerry or a Dublin You'd still say he did. He did well. He got them right to the business end of it. But by the standards of Cavan, given our record over the last couple of decades in in underage football, like that's brilliant. That's just, okay. The miners have only won it once, like in since, yeah. since 1974. So 1975 to only won it once. So um, you'd have to say that that John Brady did an exceptional job, and you'd hope that he do just as good a job next year, like because he's had he had the you know he had. He did so well this year, and with an extra year after finding his feet, you'd imagine he'd be he'd be even to put able to put an even better setup in place. So I don't know what's going on there. I won't comment on that, but certainly John Brady did a great job. Yeah, it 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 is just a little bit strange. Now again, maybe I'm maybe I'm missing something here, but from what I've been told, John Brady is allowing his name to go forward. He is going for the job again, which just kind of brings up the yeah, like look at the. There, there are the issues that went on during the year. Everybody's heard about those issues. Um, some of some of the stories that have been coming out about it um, were far from ideal. I, I would, I would say that John Brady, while he's probably not completely without blame within the scenario, he definitely doesn't come out looking the worst out of all the people involved in that in that in this scenario that happened after the Ulster final. Um, you know, and and some of I have to say some of the stories that I'm hearing coming back about that scenario. I I'll give one of them that apparently um the the the, the people who were involved who, who left the setup after the Ulster minor final said that they were locked out of the dressing rooms in Clonus in the pre match um you know team talk. But Another person who knows Clonus extremely well, who's who who's um who's down there regularly, would say said to me, "You can't be locked out of them dressing rooms because there's no locks on the dressing rooms." So there's there's scenarios like that that just didn't sit well with me in 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 what came out of it. I think I think though that overall, it's a results driven business in 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 football, and the results that 
John Brady produced this year. If if I'm right in saying Paul, I think he only lost he only lost the All Ireland semi final at minor, the Ulster final at both under seventeen and at minor at championship level, and then the the under seventeen and uh, minor league semi finals. So five games in the entire year. Um, I, I I don't think I, and I think three of them were, were at the hands of Tyrone who went on to win the competitions both competitions or three of the competitions actually yeah yeah I don't, I don't know anything about what went on uh, with the setup uh, to be honest I didn't hear anything from anyone on that only rumours so I wouldn't I don't know but um, like his rec- the record from last year stands up so maybe it's a procedural thing the fact that it's last year was the first year the under 17s and maybe it was a one-year term that was given, and maybe it's just a box-ticking exercise. Maybe it's not. I don't know, but um, I'd like to see John Brady staying on in that job. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. All right. So that brings us to the end of this week's McAvoy Super Value GA podcast. Tune in later on in the week where we'll be previewing the Hotel Kilmore Senior Championship final between Cavan Gales and Castle Rahan. Uh, we'll have interviews from both camps Um ahead of the big clash that's Sunday in Kingspan Brefney. I think the game throws in at 3 o'clock, Paul, is it? 3 o'clock or 3.30, Damien? Not a hundred percent sure on that. We'll, we'll we'll try and bring that, but we'll have it. We'll have the the definite throw in time for the next podcast, which will be out on the airwaves at uh, sometime on Friday. So uh, thanks a million for listening in to the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast. Kieran Callahan Electrical, shine a light on your future. Check out www.callahanelectrical.ie or phone 049 43